I want to welcome all of you to the third message in our series entitled Uncertain. You know, all of us experience times of uncertainty in our lives. Matter of fact, we right now are living in uncertain times. Just think about the reality because of this virus, the reality of where everyone is. We've got financial situations. We're navigating through it. Those of you that own business and should I do this? Should I not do that? And we've got relational concerns. We've now been six weeks in homes and people are navigating through things. There's real tension in families right now. There's health concerns. Think about the college kids and okay, next year is our classes is going to be online. Do we have this? Do we have that? All of these things create uncertainty. And when you have uncertainty, there's emotions of fear and worry and all of these things that are often attached to uncertainty. But, but you know, uncertainty is not something new in our generation. It's been part of the human beings even from the beginning. Th think about in the Bible, the father of faith, Abraham, when God called him a father of many nations and yet he didn't have a child and yet how's this gonna happen, God? And I'm not sure about this or how about when God called Moses and yet he was a stutter and he was gonna be the deliverer of the children of God. How is that gonna happen? How, how about Mary? Mary, the mother of Jesus, and she was a peasant girl, and an angel of the Lord showed up to her and told her that she was going to bear the Christ child. And yet all of these feelings of, oh gosh, I'm not, how's this going to, why? Because of uncertainty. Maybe that's where you are right now. I'm sure all of us at some level, we are in a moment of uncertainty. The key is, how do we get through uncertainty? How, how do we navigate through uncertain times? I'll never forget 15 years ago, I was, again, pastoring Church of the King. Our church was five years old. It's 20 now. I think I was 36 at the time. And man, we were so excited. And the church is growing. And, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana. And so I've gone through hurricane. We called them hurricanes as kids. And you go away for a day or two and you come back. And of course, we all know what took place with Hurricane Katrina. And I got to tell you, we didn't have church for four or five weeks after that. And there was so much uncertainty. I had people in North Carolina and Houston and Dallas pastor, we're not coming back. What do you mean you're not coming back? What about the dream? And we had just launched this big campaign, Imagine a Place. And we were so excited and we all prayed about it. And there was so much uncertainty. What was going to happen to our region? Were people going to come back? Were we going to be able to Rebuilt. I got to tell you, in my own life, all of those feelings of insecurity and fear and worry. And matter of fact, that's why we are doing this series right now. Because I know what you can feel when you go through those times. So many of you know, those of you that were part of the Gulf Coast region. The fact is, even in the Bible, we are looking at a group of people, the children of Israel. When they found themselves in a tight spot, when they were released from bondage and Egyptian bondage and there was somewhat between 500,000 and a, a million Hebrews. And they were all excited and they were rejoicing. They came up to the Red Sea and they found themselves in a tight spot. They weren't sure what to do. And just when they thought that they were going to turn around and maybe walk this way around, they turned around and they saw Pharaoh's army behind them. So in other words, they couldn't go forward. That's where some people feel right now, but they couldn't go backwards either. And it was there in that moment, in that tight spot where God spoke to Moses, their leader, and gave them instructions. What do you do when you don't know what to do? 
How do you respond in uncertain times? And I think this biblical account is so appropriate to where we are. And it was there that God spoke to Moses and he told them four things. Fear not. Matter of fact, fear is one of the first emotions that we feel. I spoke about that last week, how fear wants to immobilize us during times of uncertainty. God said, fear not. Number two, stand still. I'm gonna talk to you today. What does it mean when the Bible says, stand still? Does it mean that we just passively resign ourselves to circumstances? No, it doesn't. It means that we stand in faith. I'm gonna talk about that. Number three, God told Moses, tell the people, tell them to hold their peace. Next week, we're gonna talk about what does it mean to walk in supernatural peace? And number four, to go for it. Let's look at this as we set up today our message, Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, fear not. Stand still. Boy, isn't that powerful? Stand. We're gonna talk about what does it mean to stand in faith and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Look at this next verse, verse 14. And the Lord will fight for you. Isn't that powerful? Man, I want God fighting for me. I'm gonna talk to you what it means today when God fights your battles. I know what it means when I fight my battle, but what does it mean when God fights our battle? For the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. That last verse, which is so powerful. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel, go for Again, four things, fear not. Stand still, hold your peace and go forward. You know, from the day that we are born, we are taught and we are trained by our five senses, what we can see, smell, taste, touch, and hear. We are trained to evaluate our lives by our five senses. And then as we come to Christ, we're introduced to this whole theme of faith. And what is faith? See, faith transcends our five senses. Faith is, is a spiritual reality where we trust God from the heart and we put our faith in, in, in a God that's in the invisible realm. But here's what I found. When we trust God in the invisible realm, God does something in our hearts. Watch this, in the visible realm. And then he begins to help us in our circumstances. So faith transcends our five senses. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But why is that? See, the Christian life can never be reduced down to living by our five senses. Uh, we appreciate how to evaluate life at times with risk management, scenario planning, and what we can see and what we feel and, 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 and what we can touch. But, but the Christian life transcends living by our five senses. It's a faith walk. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by what we see. And the reality is, I want to fully trust God. I want to be a 100% man of faith. But there's times we get weak. And we do so when we begin to put more confidence in what we can feel and what we can see with our natural eyes rather than what God says. Because there's times when you're facing situations where they seemingly contradict what God says. Time out, pastor. You know, I know God says this, but what I can see right before me, and that's what walking with Jesus by faith is all about. We trust God. I think back in my own life, how many times I've leaned upon my own strength. I've leaned upon 
what I've wanted and how I wanted to do it. Now, I will say in the Bible, I love examples when I think of David. How did David come up against Goliath and defeat Goliath? Because he was stronger than Goliath? Because he could see in the natural that he could defeat him? No, Goliath was a bully. It wasn't David's natural strength. It wasn't his intellectual prowess. It was, it was his simple faith in a God that was bigger than his problem. See that? And that's why when he came up against Goliath, he didn't say, I come to you in the name of David, but he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. So how do we deal in uncertain situations? What do we do when we get in situations that are bigger than us? That's why God told Moses, number one, tell the children of Israel, fear not. The first emotion that we feel in times of uncertainty is fear. We don't submit to fear. We push past fear. Number two, stand still. What does it mean when God told Moses, tell them to stand still? Standing in the Bible is never active. Listen, it's never passively resigning to circumstances, but it's actively standing upon what God says. I'm going to give you guys two things, two things, two ways that we stand in faith and see God fight our battles. Number one, we stand in faith on the word of God. We stand in faith in the word of God. If we look at it, when God was speaking to Moses and the children of Israel, that was their Bible. In other words, Moses, the word of Moses was the word of God to the children of Israel. The cool thing is, is that you and I now, we have the word of God. And when we learn to stand upon what God says, we learn to stand firm upon. See, the issue for us is, what does God say? And who is God saying it to? And watch this, watch this. And what foundation does that produce in our lives? See, there are a lot of, well, all of us at different times, we've tried to build things, but we've not considered the foundation. Now, now I wanna say this. I live in South Louisiana. I know something about foundations, all right? I grew up on the South Shore, uh, on the South Side, all right, the South Shore of Lake Pontchartrain, and it's below sea level. And you got to be very careful. I remember as a kid, man, I used to have to fill in my yard. And every spring, those of you that live in the South Shore of New Orleans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We had to get, we had to get dirt and fill it. Why? Because of the foundation. See, the foundation of the Word of God is solid. And when we put our faith in something that doesn't change. See, when you put your faith in man's opinion, it changes. When you put your faith in a philosophy of man, it changes. But when you put your faith in God's word, it's solid. You don't have to add dirt to it every spring. It's interesting, this week as I was putting this message together, I learned something about the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's in Italy. It's a 185-foot tower, and it moves about one, one 20th of an inch per year. It is now 17 feet out of line. It's so interesting. The word Pisa actually means marshy land. They didn't build it on good land. And it gives some clues to why the tower began to lean even before it was completed. It's the issue is foundation. Number one, what does God's word say? Number two, what does it produce in our heart? When we trust in God's word, it produces a foundation that's solid in our lives. In other words, God's word speaks to us when our circumstances may speak something different. God's word speaks something to us. Stand strong. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm gonna help you through this time of uncertainty. 
It's interesting, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, a very classic spiritual warfare text. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus. Here's what he says. I love this. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to watch this stand. Notice those of you that are reading Ephesians chapter six, how many times the word stand is there in Ephesians chapter six? You may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, the apostle Paul lays out the armor of God here. And he shows how to stand against the attacks and the strategy of the enemy. Now, you may not know this, but on the bottom of a Roman soldier's shoe, there was, or their boot was often a three-inch spike. And here's how it worked. They would often have hand-to-hand combat. There was no shoulder-to-shoulder missiles, nothing like that. It was, it was hand-to-hand combat. And right before you would hit a Roman soldier and the enemies would come in, what they would do is they would plant their foot right into the ground like that. Boom! If you came up to me and you went to push me over, you, you know, it would basically be my, my body and the weight of my body and my ability to ward you up. But if I had a three-inch spike in the bottom of my shoe, it'd be tough for you to push me over. Well, the image that God, listen, used with Paul, and we believe all scripture's inspired. The word of God's inspired. God knew exactly what he was communicating. Is that when you put your faith in the word of God, it roots your life and you will not be knocked around by the winds and the waves of life. When the enemy says to you, you're never coming back. Your business is not gonna make it. Your family's not gonna make it. No, the word of God says, if God is for me, who can be against me? There's more for me than against me. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ. Boom, what is that? Boom, I'm putting my faith in something that does not change. The very first thing to stand means that we put our faith in something that is rock solid, the word of God. This is not marshy land. This is not sinking. This is not gonna change. Listen, culture doesn't change the word of God. Societal norms and mores and traditions don't change the word of God. It's rock solid. And when we put our faith in the word of God, at times it defies what we can see with our eyes. And that's why you guys that are going through things right now, get the word of God in your heart. It's God's word that strengthens your soul. It's God's word that'll do that. A person who has the word of God functioning in their life they're tall and strong like a palm tree. You see those storms that come through and, they'll, and they'll, they'll push that palm tree this way, but boy, right, boom, but then they'll pop up. Why? Because of the root structure. The Christian that walks with Jesus, it's in spending time in the word of God. They're strong in their faith. Why? Not because of their faith. It's because of the foundation that they have their roots in. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, Paul writes, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. You know, I love the word stand there. Paul writes, it's actually the Greek word histamine. And it means to make firm, to stand immovable, stand firm. You know, when storms come against us in life, it's what God says, and it's the foundation upon the stability and the consistency. So many of you, so many people have been hit by things these last six, seven weeks. But the good news is when we stand and our faith is on something that doesn't change, culture changes, but this word doesn't change. Societal trends and norms, but, 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 but the word of God doesn't change. Put your faith in that which does not change. 
Let me give you one practical way to build your faith in the word of God. And faith comes to you as you spend time speaking the word of God over your heart. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, one of my favorite scriptures, I'm gonna encourage you to memorize it, short verse. Here's what it says. So then faith comes by hearing. By the way, do you know how doubt comes? It's by hearing the wrong things. And that's why I wanna encourage you guys. I appreciate the news, but I'm not gonna spend all day long listening to the news. I'm not gonna spend all day long listening to political commentaries. I appreciate being informed. I appreciate that. But what are you meditating on? Because something's coming to you. What are you putting in your ear gate? What are you putting in your eye gate? What, what are you exposing yourself? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the greatest ways to build your faith, listen, and to stand strong in the storms of life is when you're speaking consistently the word of God over your life. You begin to feel something in your heart. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You're nervous, you're not sure what's going on. Fear starts to come and all of a sudden, boom, Psalms 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. See, the word of God, when it's in your heart, I heard somebody say this one time, if you hide the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, then when you do need it, it'll come forth. So number one, the first way I believe God was telling Moses Hey, tell the children of Israel, stand still. Why? Because when we're standing on the word of God, things are happening in the spiritual realm we don't see. Remember this, as a Christian, we don't reduce life down to our five senses. There's a spiritual realm that's happening around us and God is there and angelic hosts are there and things are happening on your behalf. God says, I'm fighting for you. He knows what you're going through. He knows the challenges that you have in your family, in your business, some of you in your health. And God is fighting for you. God is moving. Things are happening. The Bible says as we stand, we stand in faith on the word of God. Number two, the second thing that I believe that God is telling us is when we stand, we stand, number one, in faith upon the word of God. But number two, we can stand in a new perspective. We can stand and gain a new perspective as we worship the Lord. It's interesting, the power of worship. Worship is a concept that worship, when we understand what does worship mean? Worship in the Bible is described as prostrating oneself and bowing down. It's used as giving reverence to God. Worship is not just confined to singing. I love in church and we lift our voice to God and we sing to the Lord, but worship is not just 20 minutes before the preacher comes out and preaches the Bible. That, that's not just, that, that includes worship, but worship is when we acknowledge God in our lives. It's yes, when we sing to God. And by the way, I love music and I love that part of it, but, but, but worship is, let me say it this way. Worship is also a weapon in your life. It is a weapon in the fight. Many of you that have been going through circumstances and you're so pressed in, if you learn to employ the spiritual weapon of worship. Paul writes an interesting verse in Corinthians, and I, I want to read it to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's what he says. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're not fleshy, but they're mighty in God. See, God has given you weapons, the word of God, the power of the name of Jesus, the blood of Christ, angelic hosts, the power of the Holy Spirit. But one of the weapons that God has given us to fight the spiritual battle that we're in, 
Remember, as a, as, a, as a believer, a matter of fact, all of us live in two realms. We live in a natural realm. And we have to function that, but there's also a spiritual realm. Paul talks about the spiritual realm that we're operating. But one of the weapons he's given us is the weapon of worship. And I believe that Moses, when God told Moses, tell the children of Israel, here's what he said. He said, fear not, stand still. Number one, we stand in faith as we stand upon the word of God. And there's a foundation that's immovable and it, it produces strength in our heart. But number two, as we stand, we also stand in a posture of worship. Remember that our weapons are not carnal. We, we are not in a battle that's a carnal battle, but there's a warfare going around and people are being pressed in like never before. The mental health issues, all of those things that are going on, that are real, the physical challenges, but there's a spiritual battle that is also going on around. And we, we've got to know how to operate in that spiritual realm. And when we employ worship, when we learn how to lift up our voice to, to God, when we, we understand that there are, there are things that are happening around us, uh, as a young believer, I begin to realize the power of worship in my life. I begin to understand as I woke up in the morning and as I spent time with God in prayer, as I spent time with God reading my Bible, but as I also understood the power of worshiping God, as I began to sing to the Lord, as I began to put God first in my day, I began to lift my voice, I, I began to understand that the spiritual realm that was around me, that I was setting my day in the morning, as I began to pray, as I began to read the word of God and speak the word of God over my life, and as I begin to worship the Lord, something happens on your behalf. There, there's something that is released in the spiritual realm on your behalf as you worship God. Now, that may sound a little bit different to some of you guys, but in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there was one nation of Israel, 12 tribes. And one of the tribes, Israel, a man named Jacob was also named Israel. His name was changed into Israel. One of his sons was Judah, and it was a tribe that carried often the, the, the worship. The, the, they were the worshipers, and they would actually go first into the battle. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Why would God tell the tribe of Judah to go first? The name Judah means praise. Why would God do that? There's a story, a biblical account. Matter of fact, when the children of Israel came up against a uh, a, an enemy army. And God told them, he says, send out Judah first. Send out the praise and worship team first. Why is that? Because God knows that when his people begin to worship him, when they begin to lift their voice and praise, something is happening in the spiritual realm. The Bible actually says this. When, when, when they faced a crisis and they don't know what to do, God gave King Jehoshaphat and his people clear instructions. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still. Does that sound familiar? And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And if you read the whole thing in 2 Chronicles, the Bible said, watch this, Judah went first. The praise and worship team went first. 
If you follow that whole thing, the Bible says, and the enemy was routed. There are enemies that are fighting against you in your life. Spirits of fear and discouragement. Spiritual battle that you are in. The things that we are all facing. If we'll lift our voice to God, if we'll worship God, if we'll, if we'll stand on the word of God in faith, if we'll spend time in God's presence and worship, God is working on our behalf. I believe there's angelic hosts. Yes, angels. Yes, there, I believe in angels and I believe in demons. It's all in the Bible. It's maybe new to some of you guys, but there's an angelic host that's released on your behalf. And God himself is fighting for you. He says the same thing God told Moses to tell those people. It's the same thing he told these in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles, stand still, worship me, honor me. I'm wondering if all the time that we have in our homes, if we'll spend time, you know, in my home, I've got worship music playing. My wife puts on Pandora. We've got worship music just going back and forth. In my car when I have to, when I come to church to do my tapings and, I, and I, I, I've got worship. Why is that? Because something happens to us and something happens in the spiritual realm when God's people worship and praise Him. I say, Pastor, how, how do I stand? I'm going through such a tough time right now. I, I'm so discouraged. Number one, learn to stand in faith upon the Word of God. Build yourself as you speak the Word of God over your life. Get promise, but get your scriptures and begin to memorize scripture. You've got the time right now and speak the word over your life. And you watch how your faith begins. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And number two, as you begin to put worship music in your home, you begin to put worship music, listen, worship music in your, in your car. You begin to spend time in the prayer. Put, put the earphones on. If you got your phone and you're walking around, you're walking around your backyard, spending time, just fill your home with worship. Fill your mind with worship. What are you doing? Here's what you're doing. You're shifting your perspective off of your problems and you're putting them on God, your perspective. God is your solution. He's not your problem, sir. God is the one that can help you right now where you are. And if you'll spend time in the presence of God, worshiping God. All of a sudden, here's what, here's what happens. All of a sudden, it's not that your problem necessarily changes immediately, but your perspective changes. And you begin to see God is a big God. God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? And that's what we need right now. We need to see the greatness of God. The challenges that you have, you begin to lay out your challenges in light of the greatness of God. Listen, all of a sudden, Worshiping God gives you a perspective. And now all of a sudden, instead of seeing, look, instead of looking up at your problem, you begin to look down at your problem from God's perspective. You say, that thing's not going to defeat me. That thing's not going to take me out. No, God is with me. God is for me. God, if God be for you, who can be against you? I hope you're encouraged with this word today. I hope you stay tuned with me each week. I, I, I just want to build your faith through the word of God. We believe in teaching the Word of God at Church of the King. This will never change. This will net listen, this will never be proven false. This is a sure foundation. The Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall stand strong. And I just want to end with this. Maybe you're in a place today and this is all new to you. And, and maybe you've never even trusted Christ as your Savior. 
I am so honored. Maybe you're watching me online or, or maybe you're watching in our TV program and, and you're tuned in today. I, we are so honored that you're with us. I, I remember 32 years ago when I was 19 years old when I gave my heart to Christ. And, and I, my parents used to talk to me about Christianity. I knew there was a God up there somewhere. But quite honestly, I didn't have spiritual eyes to see. But that day, when I was a freshman in college at Tulane University, I was in a college Bible study with some kids and I, I trusted Christ. I was given an opportunity and I, I opened my heart to Jesus. And I said, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me and make me new. Maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've never given your heart. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads right now if you do that. And it's just simple. It's a simple prayer to Jesus. It's, it's dear Jesus. Maybe you can pray that right now. Dear Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And cleanse me and make me new. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. And maybe you're watching online and you're still, you feel the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart right now. You're not sure. Our hosts right now are online and they're going to take, matter of fact, I'm just going to take maybe 30 seconds or a minute or so. I'm going to come right back. And maybe you're in that place where you're not sure and you're, our hosts are right there with you and they're talking to you. And they're going to be available even after this service to be able to talk to you about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to be right back as they talk to you and then I'll close this out in prayer. So I'm deserving 
prayed with one of our hosts. And I just wanna say, we're, we are here for you as a church. And as long as we're meeting online, we're here. Matter of fact, we're gonna be always meeting online. And of course, once our physical locations open up all over the Gulf South, we'd love for you to join and be a part. But in just a moment, I'm gonna turn it to Pastor Danny and Missy, and they're gonna give you some information. If you made a decision, if you made a decision to trust Christ as your savior, I'm gonna ask you to text the word decision to decision 2020 to 25827. Decision 2020 to 25827. If you do that, Pastor Danny and Missy are gonna tell you how to stay connected to church. We love you. We're so honored to be able to teach the word of God to you each week. Please come back and see us next week. God bless you guys.